I had the perfect body and genes for weightlifting, so it wasn't a very feminine sport, but um, I started weightlifting and I got, within a year, I was representing my country, I broke 52 national records, I was shortlisted for the Olympics, there was a lot of kind of cool stuff coming my way, but I think part of the culture of weightlifting was you had to lift in weight classes and so it started out with like oh just don't eat breakfast that morning or okay skip dinner and breakfast and then it was like okay it's a week before you have to start cutting down and it just started this culture of restricting my food and then it was almost like group binges would happen because everyone would weigh in and then compete and then everyone would go out and just like gorge themselves silly because they'd been restricting their food for for a while and it became this culture of yeah restrict and binge restrict and binge and then when I started to gain weight, like my sister had an eating disorder, so I learned from her how to take laxatives. I used to overexercise. I first got help when I was 18, like everything just sort of imploded on itself. I just really fell apart, like had a full on nervous breakdown and I wound up in hospital for my eating disorder. They said to me that an eating disorder is something that'll always be in the back of my mind. I have to keep it at bay and sort of push it away. I spent probably five or six years sculpting my life in a way that I think I could manage my eating disorder. So as a couple of examples, I only ate five foods. I never invited people around to my house because I didn't want them to see how I lived and how I was with food. So my social life was kind of impacted. I could go out to eat with people, but I'd get like fully anxious about it. And it would mean that I'd have to do a whole bunch more exercise the next day, or I couldn't eat that much the day that I was going to go out. And I had all these little weird rituals around food that I think nobody ever knew. It was like the perfect deception. I moved to New Zealand to pursue a career in the outdoors as an outdoor instructor and again it was fueling my eating disorder and I even wanted this job at this place called Outward Bound because they fed you. They fed you five meals a day, they looked after your food and I was like, I think in my heart I knew that I wasn't able to keep up this pretense, this really fine balance that I'd created for myself. It just started to crumble and I started to binge more and I was putting on weight and I came back to New Zealand, decided I was going to lose it and I just flicked into anorexia and they told me in New Zealand, they were like, look, I'm sorry, you've been chronic for 14 years now and you should expect to never fully recover. And I said, well, if I'm not going to recover, then I don't want to live because this isn't living. They really didn't have any answers for me and they didn't have any treatment. So I found this place called Montenito and they believed in full recovery. And so I spent six months in America the juxtaposition of it from where I was to where I am now, it's like I have food in my house, I can invite friends over, I have the job of my dreams. The way I think about my body, I feel more comfortable in my skin. I think my life is so different now to what it was and it's better than I ever imagined and it's better than I ever thought it would possibly be. I'm working right now on being more intuitive with my food because I still wake up and I think, okay, breakfast and I kind of think about it in my head and then I it only takes a split second, but like I compare it to kind of a meal plan. I'm like, oh yeah, yep, that's cool. And then I go on with it. And then I'm thinking about like morning snack. And I'd love to just be able to this concept of just eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full. Like I'd love to just embrace that in the totality. But then in the past couple of months, whenever I've tried to go there, I end up not eating enough. And then it's like, okay, back on the meal plan. And it's just this, I think for me, that's the most difficult thing at the moment is trying to move into this intuitive space, but also being aware that I have this propensity to not eat enough. I'm still not comfortable eating a full breakfast, but I do it because I know that I'm doing it for a better life. I'm doing it because it means that I stay in recovery. If recovery was a linear thing, which it's not, but if it was, 
um, I feel that I've come so far and I, and I have this appreciation to look back at the journey and just be in love with the journey, in love with the fact that it's been a process, in love with the fact that it's been the hardest thing I've ever done with my life. I'm in love with, I'm actually so proud of myself. Like sometimes I wake up and I have tears in my eyes because I just think I'm so grateful to myself that I was brave enough to not only start this journey, but to keep going. As someone that's in such a strong recovery from an eating disorder, I feel like I have better body image, I feel like I have better self-esteem, I feel like I have better sense of self than people that haven't had an eating disorder because I've had to work for it and I've had to turn my beliefs inside out and I've had to wrestle with myself and sit with myself and go on this real inner journey. I remember for me, there were people when I was in treatment that would come and talk and they would talk about their recoveries and it just felt so far away from where I was, but there was still a part of me that really held on to hope with that because I was like, well, if they can do it, then, then maybe I can. And if I can be that person for someone else and hold that candle, then for me, that's inspiring. I think I have one of the most unique teams in the world. I Skype with my therapist every month. I've never met her. I've worked with her for a year and a half. She lives on the North Island. I live on the South Island. Um, she's fully recovered herself. At work here we get supervision once a month and I just choose to use it as eating disorder recovery support so I talk about my eating disorder I talk about recovery I talk about the challenges of living in such a remote community all of my co-workers know that I'm in recovery we don't have dietitians in New Zealand so they weigh me I'll just be I'll say to them like hey I need you to weigh me don't tell me what it is and can you send this the number to this person here and that's someone in America and then she'll email me and say like yep you're maintaining you're fine we work 22 days together straight, it's kind of full on. And before we start a work contract together, we always sit down and we talk about how we want to communicate, is there anything special we need to know about each other? And I always just say, yep, I need to eat every two and a half to three hours. And that's really important to me, it comes first. So if it's between me needing to do something with students or needing to eat, like eating comes first and you'll need to be with the students. And my coworkers are really supportive of that. Just as an example, I was on the boat the other day, it was really rough and I needed to eat. And I was like, gee, I need to eat. And he poked his head out of the hatch and he bought me this plate with like an apple and peanut butter on the side. And he's like, I know you like graham crackers and milk, but it's too rough for milk right now. And I was like, oh, he's such a honey. And not everyone's that sweet, but I'm definitely well looked after here. I definitely connect with people I was in treatment with, but I make sure I connect with people that are doing well because it's important to me. And we're all at different levels of recovery. Some of us are at the same parts of recovery, but... We're a really tight bunch of about four or five girls that email and Skype all the time. We hold each other accountable. We, we understand where each other's at. And they're like crucial, such a vital part of my team. I'm also part of Mentor Connect, which is a online recovery forum. So people from all over the world that are in recovery from eating disorder, it's definitely pro-recovery. Anything that's not pro-recovery is edited out and they've kind of asked to leave. So it's like, it is really supportive. And you can hook up with a mentor who's not necessarily recovered, but they're just further along in recovery than what you are and they've been solid for at least a year and you can email call text them however you like and it's about having that person that that understands that's been there before you that can hold the candle so I started out being a mentee and then now just recently I've become a mentor and I've got three men three other mentees from all over the world and I call them my little chickens hold them under my wings and just kind of hold the candle for them and talk to them about the process of recovery and what that looks like I value my recovery, number one, 100%. That's the thing I value, like, and I value it because without my recovery, I don't have the life that I want, because without recovery, I don't have the relationships I want. I don't have my soul. And I think, like, what recovery means to me is valuing who I am as a person, liking myself, loving myself, knowing that I'm okay, and it has no bearing on what I look like.
the other day I got rung up and invited to come to a movie night with like the community here so I was like awesome and I was walking up the hill towards this person's place and I said to my friend oh by the way what's the movie and she's like oh it's this it's this great new film out that's or documentary out that's out about how bad sugar is and I was just like you know that's probably not the right movie for me to go see and she was like oh I'm so sorry I didn't think about asking like if it was right for you and I was like no don't be sorry it's just but I was able to be honest and just be like hey this isn't the right movie for me and she knew immediately why and I think that's the beauty of telling everybody because I think eating disorders they thrive on secrecy and they shrink when you shine a light on them and if I can be honest with people then I feel more authentic you know and honest with myself. I think it's often in recovery this backwards thing of like well I'll eat my food once I feel okay with my body and I think what I learned most of all in treatment was that the food like if you're looking for a magic pill to recovery if you're looking for the thing that's gonna like push you over the line I think for me it was I had to eat my food and tolerate my body if you can eat your food for one year and tolerate your body your life will be in such a different place and so I committed to that and the truth was that the food came first and the body stuff came second and I think that's the trap because an eating disorder will be like well I hate my body therefore I can't eat my food or I hate my body therefore I have to do something with my output or whatever getting better feels bad I think that's the I think that's the root of what I'm trying to say getting better feels bad and it feels bad for a very long time and I'm sorry and that's why I think recovery is so difficult that's why people don't stick at it that's why people aren't able to see the light at the other side because they're like well I'm eating my food and I still hate myself I'd rather have the body I want and hate myself getting better doesn't feel doesn't feel good at first um, but there's such a beauty on the other side that can't even be imagined from the place of an eating disorder hope is what sustained me in my eating disorder that I could have a better life that recovery was possible that things could be different even though I didn't trust they could I hoped that they could and that was why I started recovery um, and I think the reasons I started recovery are, the re are different to the reasons that I finished recovery. I started because I wanted a better life and I had hope that I could have it. And, I finished and I'm finishing recovery because I know for sure that I can. But it had to come from hope. And so I think if anyone out there has an eating disorder and they want things to be different and they're not sure if they can or they, they wish they could recover but they don't know how, that doesn't, that's fine. Like I'm okay with that. I would embrace them with open arms and say welcome. Um, as long as they have that hope, I think that's the first and that's the crucial ingredient to starting recovery and to continuing it when it gets tough as well. I was watching a documentary last night on salmon swimming upstream and sometimes I feel that's what recovery felt like because I would have hope and this desire and I'd like make the step forward and then I'd just get knocked back by the current. Sometimes I'd fight it, sometimes I'd glide with it, but what I ultimately had to do was find that desire again to want to move forward. I come really far in recovery feel like I've put in 100% effort like there's not been a time where I've pulled back and said I'm just going to coast there's not been a time where I said oh, I'm just going to let recovery come to me like I've gone to recovery every step I've I've done some crazy experiments I've done some pretty wacky things to kind of push my own boundaries and get messy with recovery like just get involved and throw myself in there I couldn't actually physically go to the grocery store um, there were some clothes that I couldn't physically wear um, I'd never had more than, like I only ate five specific foods in my eating disorder and I had those in my house, but I couldn't have any other foods. I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know how to plan and prepare meals for the week. So part of treatment for me was going to the grocery store with a therapist and then freaking out and then walking back outside again and just doing like a slow exposure and just recognizing that it's okay to be around all this food. Um, I guess I didn't trust myself. I didn't know what I'd do. 
I was embarrassed that at 28 I had to ask someone like how to chop garlic or how to cut an avocado. And so that kind of stuff, that ability to prov to plan for myself, to provide for myself, to be able to prepare my food and manage manage the leftovers, what that looks like, what's normal, what's you know, and get messy with it, I guess as well. The life skill stuff has just been so instrumental in in being able to come home and do recovery by myself. It used to feel bad to spend money on food. It felt wrong. It felt it felt scary. It felt uncomfortable. Whereas now it feels right to spend money on food. And even people be like, oh, why did you buy those macadamias? They're so expensive. I'm like, because they're good for my soul. Because it feels good to spend money on myself and say, I deserve this. I'm nurturing my body. My body wants these macadamias, so I'm going to buy them for myself. Because if I didn't buy them, that's it's almost like restricting. You know, if I went and bought cashews because they were cheaper, that's like saying I'm not worthy of macadamias. People don't like me because of my body, they like me because of my spark. It's like my body doesn't tell you how brave I am or how smart I am or how creative I am or how many people love me. Like my body just tells you what my genetic material is. There's so much real, authentic, quality, body positive stuff out there that um, I've started to collect it all and I've made myself like this resource and it's cool. Like I've got videos, I've got transcripts, I've got podcasts, I've got websites, I've got books. And I've read them all, I've looked at them, and I think that's why I believe so firmly what I believe today is because I've flooded myself with that information because I was so negatively flooded in the other way. And I make a point of like not reading magazines, I make a point of like not watching movies that have connotations to people's body weight and things like that. In terms of addressing our society, I think there's a big need for something different to be done. And I feel like even by me being in recovery and being out about my story, that's part of saying to other people, hey, you can do a big F you to, <laughs> to what other people think we should think about our bodies. Um, and so I feel in a way that I'm part of this really important revolution in 2015 that's really going to take roots and grow because it needs to.